0: This program is brought to you by Personallifemedia.com. I'm Terry Struck, host of Beauty Now. In the past, we've done shows on how our Beauty Now listeners can enhance their own appearance through lasers, lifts, lipo, breast dogs, and more. We're all very blessed that we have choices. There are people in this world who are not as fortunate as we are, and my focus today is how we can help other people. Today, my guest is Dr. Henry Gaborio, and he is a board-certified plastic surgeon who's making a difference. And you guys can make a difference, too. I hope you take time to listen today.
1: We work with uh, agencies, nonprofit, who in fact are in charge of taking care of uh, runaway kids, uh, foster houses, you know, um, kids with problem with alcohol and drugs, and usually they are the one who are seeing these kids who basically have been abused in the past and when they see a kid that needs to have some type of reconstructive surgery they do contact our organization um we have you know countless experience of uh, patients um you know children that basically they were wearing their hair very long to cover the scars and now we remove the scar we put in another scar but it's of course less visible it's uh, you know we do it in a way that it's more natural and suddenly their hair, you know, their hair do change because they don't cover their face anymore. What is the typical personality of an abused kid? They are very introverted. They don't look at you in the eyes. They are very, very shy, very afraid. They will never come directly to you. If you come to them and say hi, they will automatically retreat, you know, and they are very submissive. You look, and they definitely have uh, a personality that when you see them, you know, after a while, you said, okay, there's something going on right here.
0: Welcome, Dr. Gaborio.
1: Thank you. appreciate being on the show.
0: Oh, first of all, why don't you tell us how you started this charity, and it's for abused kids, right?
1: That is correct, yes. It's for kids that have been uh, the, the victim of uh, domestic violence.
0: So it's, it's for kids that have... And how did you come to start this? I think that's so wonderful. In
1: fact, it, um, it started a long, long time ago back in France. I have a cousin who in fact was born with some uh, some um, you know um, I would say a few uh, disabilities and uh, one of them he was blind in one eye and on its around 12 years old on its way back uh, from school he got assaulted by some 15 years old uh, kid who beat him up and basically he lost his uh, only seeing eye at the time and um, then we, you know, we used to be together all the time. And uh, later on, I always heard him asking, why? Why did that to me? Because I don't see anymore. And uh, that was the first time I realized that something was, you know, quite wrong. And uh, I thought that, um, you know, at the time I was about seven, eight years old, he was older than I was. And I didn't thought I would become a doctor. I mean, not a surgeon. And uh, I thought if I later on I can make a difference, I will. Well,
0: that's Unbelievably great. So, I mean, a lot of people would have that idea, but they wouldn't be able to follow through. So, tell us how you followed through with your education.
1: The um, interestingly enough, at the same time I was um, and um, playing. I love to play with my stuffed animal, and what I used to do is uh, cut them apart and uh, repairing them. <laughs> um, so I was restru- reconstructing them, and uh, and from then on, I really liked that. I really like the reconstructive part you know of surgery. So for me it was very natural after high school I decided to go into medical school and then become a surgeon. So at uh, I don't remember at any time you know as a teenager thinking mm, I don't know what I want to do because for me it was uh, straightforward it would be to be a surgeon and uh, to reconstruct faces. And um this is you know when I opened my own practice I decided that it was time to create a nonprofit to take care of these uh abused um, you know, children because the story of my cousin left, never left my mind.
0: Well, that's unbelievable. And, and it, I think it's uh, innate in most of us that we want to help people, but you actually went on to become a doctor and you're able to help people, and then you went and did something about it. So tell us more about this charity. Tell us what you, we can do.
1: Well, the, the name of it is um, basically called the Faith, Heart, and Mind Foundation. And the reason we, you know, chose uh, that name is because face, I'm a facial uh, plastic surgeon, so uh, we take care of, you know, not, not only the face but also any type of scar on the rest of the body. Uh, but uh, we basically pour our heart into that, and uh, also we take care of their psychological status. This is why we have the mind in it. So this is where we find Faith, Heart, and Mind Foundation was the perfect name for it. And... Um, the way it works is um, we work with uh, agencies, non-profit, who in fact are in charge of taking care of uh, runaway kids, uh, foster houses, you know, um, kids with problem with alcohol and drugs. And usually they are the ones who are seeing these kids who basically have been abused in the past. And when they see a kid that needs to have some type of reconstructive surgery, they do contact our organization. And then after that, we do have a step-by-step process to see if that uh, patient will be, um, you know, a likely candidate or not. To be able to, uh, to go through the program, uh, the kids have to be removed from the, um, you know, from the environment, from the abusive environment. We do not perform surgery on children who are still, you know, with the perpetrator of, you know, of that violence. Uh, they have to be free of drugs. They have to be free of alcohol or any type of addiction. And also, they have to go through a psychological counseling to make sure they are ready for a surgery before and after.
0: Well, so you do a lot, but you don't provide the counseling, right? Is there other organizations that do that?
1: Uh, that's correct. Uh, the uh, the foundation is mainly to provide a free uh, reconstructive you know, surgery. Uh, the um, The counseling is offered... By either some, um, I would say, outside uh, providers, and we work with uh, some uh, provider here in the Seattle area um, that have their own private practice and they want to give back to the community and work with us. And we contact them and say, "Do you mind doing, um, you know, an evaluation on that and this patient?" And also, we work with an over organization called uh, Auburn Youth Resources. Uh, they are specialized in um, kids with problems, so they do have. Psychologist, uh, they have social worker, they have psychiatrists, so they have a lot of, um, um, you know, personnel that can help us with the psychological aspect.
0: And what are the ages of the kids you generally see? All ages, even small children? or
1: Correct. We can basically go from small children uh, up to 19 years of age. And the reason we did a cutoff after 19 years of age is because they are Great program out there for adults, you know. And uh, one of them, we—I'm not going to name all of them—but one of them is face-to-face, also put together by the American Academy of Facial Plastic, takes care of adult. And uh, we decided to stop at 19. The reason is is because before 18, they have to have, you know, the permission from either the foster parents, the uh, you know, if they have been adopted from the uh, the family who adopted them, from the guardian, or from the court. And sometimes it's a problem to get those uh, permissions. So at least we give them one year, you know, be, to make their own decision if they want to do the surgery later on.
0: So you ask the child if this is what they want?
1: We do. I mean, it's uh,
0: it's you cannot
1: oblige a child to go through surgery uh, after what they have been through already. Um, it's interesting. The, of course, you know, I would say 99% of the children we had uh, already through our organization, they wanted a surgery in the first place. We had a few cases that uh, they didn't want to because they were, you know, too young to understand. It, and it's very important to respect that. We cannot, you know, oblige them to go through something they don't want. You know, it's too. It could be very traumatizing for them.
0: Right. And so you go through with the parents and you ask what they want. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you have done for these children? What kinds of surgeries have you already performed? The main
1: type of uh, injuries that we see after being abused are scars. Uh, and usually they are on the face. The majority of the scars are on the face, face and neck. And these goes from You know, being slapped, you know, being uh, used a belt buckle, that's a very common one. Uh, Either rings, you know, they get hit on the face with, with, um, um, you know, the hand, and the parents have a ring on it, and then you have a big scar. So the first, uh, I would say, that represents most probably 90% of our surgeries is scar removal. We remove the scar. Because what's happening is when they get abused and they have, you know, a big gash in their head, Most of the time, the perpetrator are not going to bring their children to the hospital. So they heal with horrible scars. So what we try to do is make the scars less conspicuous. And or we change the scar basically that reminds them of what happened, and we put another scar that is less visible, and also it's a scar that they want. It's a very interesting uh, concept is uh, we tell them, you're going to have another scar. We cannot give you the skin that you had before the event. And they agree on it that they say that scar is, I wanted that scar, the new one. I want that one. You know, I know it was done by surgeon. It's not done by somebody that, you know, was mean to me. So it works also psychologically when you do that.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. That, that is such a wonderful thing that you do. So tell us more. Tell us more about what else you do.
1: Well, the, uh, after scars, the other thing we do see is uh, burns. There are a lot of burns. Uh, of course, there are scars, but uh, they are mainly created with uh, scalding water, you know, boiling water, and cigarettes. Cigarettes burn. Uh, And that we see that a lot on the torso, on the, you know, on the arms, uh, very rarely on the face, though, uh, because they don't want that to be seen. These are a little bit tougher to remove. So that really we need to, uh, we work at those and uh, usually we get a better result, but it's not as uh, easy to treat than a simple scar. Um, So that's, the surgery that we do offer. And we do offer also, as I say, through over-organization, the psychological aspects, which I feel is as important um, because you can remove the scar from the outside. If you have not treated the inside, the deep scar, they will still carry that for the rest of their lives.
0: Oh, Sarah, sure. That sounds like amazing. I mean, I think that's such great work that you do. What about children that are burned and stuff? What can you do for burn victims?
1: And yeah, burn victims is uh, definitely a tough one because uh, usually it's a large area. We had uh, one little girl that uh, got burned by her mother who poured um, boiling water on her chest. Uh, she was eight years old and uh, she was complaining because she was hungry and she wanted to have dinner. And the mother turned around and poured water on her. Uh, she was burned quite a large area, and that would require multiple surgery with skin graft um you know to avoid contraction of course you know unfortunately when at the time it happened uh, the parents took a long time to bring the kid to the emergency room it took like several days so a lot of the the, the scar were already you know on, the, on their way to be uh, formed So what we do is we call serial excision. You remove a little bit of the scar, a little bit of the time. You take it out. They come back six months later. You take it out again more. So it's a long process. So what we tell these uh, these uh, children, and most of them are teenagers, by the time they come to see us. I mean, we usually see them before. By the time all the paperwork is done that, you know, the first first parents or whatever agreed for the surgery, it takes about four months, five months. So we usually end up having teenagers from 11 years old on, and they understand the process. And we tell them, you know, it's going to be a long haul. It's going to be most probably several surgery over the next several years. And um, you know, they, they're very willing to go through that because the last thing they want is to have a scar that reminds them of what happened.
0: And by that time, they probably are just so ready to heal their insides.
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. And. Uh, in fact, the, the only, we had few failure, not, not medical or not surgical failure. I mean, the surgery were performed and they healed very well, but, uh, uh, we, uh, it was right at the beginning years ago when we started it. And, uh, we had some patient relapse into drug and alcohol, which is very, very prevalent into kids who have been victim of domestic violence. They kind of seek refuge into, um, you know, some type of addiction. And, um, You know, one did relapse, unfortunately, and uh, we could not finish the, um, you know, surgical plan we had.
0: So, um, Because they're just really trying to self-medicate. You know, that's just a really big problem for a lot of abused people. Yep. Um, We need to take a quick break because we need to thank our sponsors, and we're going to be right back with Dr. Henry Gaborio. Listen to Coaching the Life Coach, business and marketing strategies for growth of transformational practices with Jason McLean, your guide in the 21st Century Marketplace on personallifemedia.com. This is Terry Strzok. I'm back on now with Dr. Henry Gaborio. He's a facial plastic surgeon that helps children that have been abused, and he started this foundation called the Faith, Heart, and Mind Foundation. Welcome back, Dr. Gaborio. Thank you. We were just talking about how you can help burn victims, and to me that's one of the hardest scars to heal is burns, aren't they?
1: Yes, absolutely they are. The reason is, is especially with these abused, um, you know, children, uh, they are mainly on the torso and, uh, they usually cover a large area and they need a lot of surgery. It's not only one, but they need a lot of skin graft, um, coming from other places. And, um, you know, basically it's a, it usually, usually requires two, three or four surgeries. So long haul, you know, it's different from just removing a small scar.
0: Oh, usually on this show we're talking about lasers, lifts, lipo, you know, how we can be have the perfect behind with no cellulite hormones mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. But we uh you know, we don't want to take it for granted that there's so many people out there victims of abuse, children and adults that need our help. And I just think it's an incredible thing that you've done is by starting this foundation and if any of our listeners would like to help, you can go to personallifemedia.com, click on Beauty Now, and we're going to have a link to Dr. Gaborio's website, Faith, Heart, and Mind Foundation, and you can read all about him and learn how to contact him and help because I think this is a really great thing. What else can our listeners do besides donating money? Is there uh, volunteer positions that you have or where are you located? And tell us more about that.
1: Well the the foundation uh the, the is based in Seattle and uh Seattle Washington and the um in fact the the organization is made uh, that um it can be basically nationwide we are right now you know trying to find of course some uh, doctors you know surgeons uh plastic surgeons that uh, could get, um, donate their times uh to take care of their um you know of their kids We're also looking for professional you know psychologists or psychiatrists I would love to uh, donate their time also the um the main thing of, uh, what I really struggle here is to basically is the exposure it's very interesting. When you're an adult, you have a voice. You can get you know to any hospital, and you can get care. For kids, it's very difficult because they are you know minor. They are protected by the law, so they don't, they cannot go to a hospital and say, hey, look what happened to me, so and take care of it. So usually, I, what we try to tell the audience is, you know, it's a different ways to help. And one of them is basically to give our name to you know, friends you may have, people in the hospital you may know, doctors, friends of yours you may know, saying this is an organization, they are nation by, you know, nationwide, based in Seattle, and uh, we all, you know, there is definitely um, options and uh, hope for those kids. You know, so it's interesting because mainly what I ask my, uh, you know, patients interested or um, client interested is please give the name of the foundation to anybody you know that may benefit from it.
0: And that, and also to the doctors that you know and all the different professionals that can help. And I I think that's a wonderful idea because I know myself so many people that would want to be involved with this. I mean, there is so many people out there listening today that actually could start email lists and forward emails with your name and your foundation on it. Mm -hmm. And again, just go to personallifemedia.com and we're going to link you and then you could send out your own emails. That would be something really great that you could do that doesn't involve money, just a little bit of your time.
1: Correct. Absolutely. And I will appreciate that. I mean, the, uh, the the main thing is the the uh, is the awareness, you know, is to have the the agency um, aware of the our organization, but also, you know, a lot of uh, people in the community. It's been very interesting when you start talking to people, that they say, "Oh my God, you know what? I know somebody that their kid, you know, they are foster kids or they adopted a kid and they have scar. They don't know where to turn because uh, you have to realize a lot of the medical insurance do not pay." For scars like that, because you know, functioning, it's not, a, uh, they, they do function quite all right. And as you know, medical insurance is for any type of disease that do alter a function, a bodily function. And a scar on the face, you know, you can still live. Um, so this is what medical insurance usually do not cover.
0: So when after the surgeries, do you see these children come back and they just, their self esteem is through the roof? Or just yes. how's their healing process? Well,
1: the vast majority of them, they are so willing. I mean, when we tell them that the program exists and we can take care of both the physical scar of it and at the same time we have psychologists, psychiatrists taking care of the psychological part of it, um, it's amazing how they change. Um, we have, you know, countless experience of patients patient um, you know, children that basically they were wearing their hair very long to cover the scars. And now we remove the scar, we put in another scar, but it's, of course, less visible. It's, uh, you know, we do it in a way that it's more natural. And suddenly their hair, you know, their hair do change because they don't cover their face anymore. It's a very interesting process. You can see it. It's not only they tell you about it, as you can see it in their behavior that it did make a huge impact
0: that must just warm your heart, you must feel so great about yourself when you do something so great for kids?
1: Well, the philosophy I have is, you know, as a plastic surgeon, we are very, very fortunate that we work with a great population that is usually extremely, you know, uh, healthy. They don't have medical problems. And uh, they are, you know, usually in very good spirit, very good self-esteem. And uh, I think that it's, you know, when we have skills, we should for me, it was a natural thing. I mean, we basically, we give back, you know, to other people who are less fortunate than we are. And as a matter of fact, I'm, you know, happy to say that a lot of my colleagues are very interested in the program, are helping because they are, you know, they feel that they can help.
0: Now, would this be tax deductible to surgeons that were going to donate their time, or is this just a gift?
1: No, it is. In fact, it is. We we are 501c3, uh, so it is uh, any uh, any type of uh, you know donation can be in kind or can be in money. Is tax deductible? Absolutely.
0: Well, that to be yeah. more incentive for all the surgeons out there that are qualified to provide this service, and yeah. not only that, but just to make a difference in a child's life. Yeah,
1: in fact, our, it's interesting the, the the kind of a funny story is every time I've been working with, uh, you know, surgeons and psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, we try to keep, you know, track of the hours. We have to do that for IRS and all purposes like that. And a lot of them, they know, no, 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 they, they don't care about if it's tax uh, deductible or not, you know. <laughs> so,
0: exactly. So they, they just want to give.
1: Yeah, exactly. In fact, in fact, it's very good, difficult to ask them. No, no, I need your, you know, how many hours you work on the case and whatever, um, you know. They, they don't know. They don't care. This is not what they do it for.
0: Well, I, I can understand that. If I was a surgeon, I would definitely want to donate my time, but I think that I can actually make a difference and try to reach the surgeons that I do know and psychologists and, and help you here because I think this is one of the best charities that I've heard of in a long time.
1: Thank you, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And this is what I found out when I was doing all my you know, training and studying in different hospitals. There was a lot of... Uh, great non-profit organization for adults, and I've never seen one, you know, for children victim of domestic violence that takes care both of the physical and the psychological part of it, which I think is extremely important.
0: I think it's so important, and I actually uh, went through the training to become a CASA, which is a child advocate for abused children and kids in foster care, and I know that the CASA organization is everywhere, and they need more advocates, and what, they do is they oversee the foster children they go and do weekly visits just to make sure that they're placed in a good foster care because there's even kids that get into the foster care system that are abused absolutely so there's so many different ways people can get involved and this one is the Face heart mind organization and what dr gaborio has done is that he is helping these children get some surgery so that they can feel good about themselves, even though they have a lot of healing to do on the inside from their scars by trusted adults. So I think it's an amazing thing. And I really, really encourage all of you listening today to take the time to go to personallifemedia.com and get the link to Dr. Gaborio's site and contact him and contact every doctor that you know. And if you can, that would be great if you could make a donation. But if not, take the time to send out an email list and and do things that way. So there's lots of things people can do. Do you know anything else that people, do you have any other suggestions for people?
1: Well, I think it's the the only suggestion I would say in a very more philosophical aspect is uh, I think we have to be really aware and looking for signs of uh, abuse in kids. You know, as I said, they don't have a voice. Uh, As you know, you must know that personally. A lot of kids, they don't want to go around and tell, them, my dad is beating me up every night, you know. And I think, we, you know, we should be more aware of that, you know, looking around, look at the kids and see how they're doing and make sure, you know, we give all the attention and love we should, you know. So I think if we all do that.
0: You know, that's actually a really good point because, you know, oftentimes you'll be in a market or somewhere and you'll see a woman or a man just, you know, smacking their child right in front of you. Mm-hmm. What would you advise these people?
1: To do. Well, you know, it's it, for me is the what I looked for is the the let's 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 go back a little bit and what is the typical personality of an abused kid? They are very introverted. They don't look at you in the eyes. They are very very shy, very afraid. They will never come directly to you. If you come to them and say hi, they will automatically retreat. You know, and they are very submissive. You look, and they definitely have uh, a personality that when you see them. You know, after a while, you said, okay, there's something going on right here. And my advice is if you do see a kid like that, try to find out, you know, who are the parents. And if the parents are the perpetrator, you can believe me that the minute they're going to see you get interested to see what's happening, they will absolutely take the kid and shy away. So after that, the question is what can you do? Um... You know, if it's in a public place, you know, sometimes it's it's good to, uh, you know, alert the police, you know, because they're very aware of that, saying, you know, I'm concerned of the, you know, for the uh, safety of that child. If it's at a school, you know, contact the, the, the internet, you know, the the teachers. And as more a matter of fact, it's a case that just happened in one of our schools recently here because a, a child, a little, a little girl, was abused um, by somebody in the family. And, in fact, the parents were aware of that and didn't want to do anything about it. And... Um, it was basically another um grow up um student who saw that and said that something was wrong with the little girl she was too shy and basically they got the child protection agency you know involved the police involved so just be aware of these little signs you know if you have a child that is not you know look very very submissive, very afraid uh they don't talk they just you know lower their eyes all the time um and uh, they have uh, multiple bruises. You know that's something as a sign also.
0: And you can be anonymous. Is that not correct when correct. you report? Absolutely,
1: it is you be uh, anonymous.
0: And and I really think that take that chance and get out there and and sometimes when you bring it to their attention, the child knows too that it's not right that their parents doing this because they oftentimes think, well, this is my parent. It's normal.
1: Absolutely, and that is the toughest. I think the toughest aspect of that uh, that that uh, you know the um, for child abuse is when you have to remove the when you have to make a decision to remove the kid from the environment you know?
0: well it is, but at the same time sometimes that um offers the parents some help, and if there are parents out there that need help then you're doing them a favor by reporting them because there's different agencies that will assist them in getting counseling. And a lot of times, I mean, their main goal is to get the parents and the child back together. It's not to separate them, but that's only if it's for their own benefit.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you're right
0: which everybody likes a happy ending, and this is, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but we have really enjoyed talking to you today, and I think that, again, if anybody would like a transcript of today's show, go to personallifemedia.com, and you can request transcripts and links to Dr. Henry Gaborio's very, very worthwhile charity, which is Faith, Heart, Mind Foundation, and... Please make a difference in a child's life today. And thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Gaborio.
1: No, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. I really appreciate
0: it. I, I can't really, you know, thank you enough for what you do. And really, you've inspired me and I hope some of our listeners to, to help. Thank you. We'll have you back. Thanks so much for talking to us today.
1: No, no, thank you very much.
0: Bye-bye. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.